A common theme throughout all of the episodes so far with Best Side is that those that endure some pretty hard or tough times always seem to take a massive lesson from it, which then they apply to life and they just find a, um, I wouldn't even say easier, but a system or mechanisms which help them to enable uh, or persevere through tough times a bit better. And the reason why I bring this up is this next guest, this bonus episode that I'm putting up uh, is from a dude by the name of Joel Buckley. Now, at this, at this time, at the time of recording, he is currently circumnavigating uh, the North Island of Aotearoa via kayak. So he's paddling around the outskirts of New Zealand in a kayak, starting in Mission Bay in Auckland, and he's wanting to finish here too. And I happened to catch him when he stopped by in Taranaki to have a talk about what he's up to and why he's doing it. And man, this fella's story is pretty awesome. Originally from Wales, moving to Aotearoa when he's 13 months old, but he very much calls himself uh, part of the culture here in Aotearoa. Having lived in Turangi, um, spent a bit of time in Ruatoria, which we talk about both those places. And man, you can't get much more uh, bilingual Aotearoa than places like that, can you? So, fuck it all with my whanau. Listen into this one. It's a bonus episode. Catching up with the bro Joel Buckley. And no doubt we're going to be hearing more from this guy in the future. Uh, you can keep an eye on what he's up to via social. I'll get at you with those uh, throughout the episode, actually. He brings it up, and I'll drop them again at the end of the episode here. Peace. All right, here it is. Bonus episode. We're catching up with Joel Buckley. This is the Best Side Podcast. So the first question I ask everyone, Bo jumps on, is um, where are you from and what's your name mm-hmm. and... Yeah, yeah cool. Like um, Joel, um, born in the UK, you know, 13 months, um, just got told that before because I was forget, obviously <laughs> being a baby when I came over, um, just on a holiday, um, parents wanted to get away, you know, busy life, um, and they fell in love with this, this country, we went back, grabbed all our things and shot straight back and we moved into South Auckland, Pukekohe. Uh, well, it's not. It wasn't South Auckland then. It's what's followed up. By the yeah, stuff. yeah. But um, I grew up there until I was um, sixteen, seventeen. Because um, I left school when I was fifteen, I started working and um, doing all sorts of bits and pieces. I've been a geologist assistant, a veterinary assistant, um, did a certificate in woodwork, electronics certificate in agriculture. Yeah. I worked with racehorses for two and a half years. I was kind of just in limbo for a yeah. bit, and then I moved on to outdoor education and did that for two years in uh, central north island and, and I've, I've, yeah i've been all over the place but um, kind of so it's just you have you got siblings or yeah they've got two siblings i've got one younger brother and um, he's real musical smart you know he's just a top level student kind of thing <laughs> um got my sister and she's the same thing you know real musical real top students and she qualified as a lawyer and oh. um, she doesn't do that anymore she got, she got bored of that kind of stuff but um you're bored of being a lawyer. Yeah, I just didn't enjoy it. And then there's me, you know, dropped out when I was 15 and, you know, did all this kind of crazy stuff. And I've, I've always been that kid that just goes out in the fields and does dumb stuff. So you're the older one, are you? Are middle you child. Oh, middle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely me. And then, yeah, that's, that's us. Cool. We've got, we got some cousins and aunties, uncles, blah, blah, but they're all overseas. So yeah. Don't really get to interact with those too much. So tell me about school then. Like, it sounds cool. like um, it was an interesting time by the yeah. facial expressions you're making before. Yeah, um, when I was younger, like between up to 13, really good. I was kind of near the top of the class. 
everything was easy, uh, was athletic, uh, I could do the sport, I could also do class, so there wasn't any kind of conflict of interest. Mm. Um, and then I moved on to a, a proper high school, um, <laughs> 2,000 kids, kind of gone from 300, you know, everybody to, holy crap, I got asked to go to the toilet, you know, like that's just wasn't a thing when I was at school when I was younger. Um, and we couldn't do the things that I had wanted to. It was an hour and a half on the bus each way to get to this school. Yeah. And so I couldn't play sport, otherwise I'd have to leave it before in the morning. And there wasn't a bus or train running till eight. So it just did, didn't work. It just kind of grew my frustration. And then schools changed from, you could just write down the answer to writing down formulas. In my brain, if you ask me a math question, I'll be like, oh, there you go, there's the answer. Works my brain. Too fast for me to, to write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to do it when you to show you working, yeah, don't they? And it just didn't click. And then, yeah, my family kind of had some issues and it just got a bit, bit much for me when I was in that environment mm-hmm. um, and thankfully though my parents were very um, accepting of that thinking oh, it's not for you um, and they gave me a kind of a front saying if you want to leave you can but you've got to go and study and work and not just bump do around nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah live in my house for free that doesn't work <laughs> um, and I'm really thankful that they, they did that because I think you know, that's a lot of kids just get the easy way out and that's where they can hit the trouble and go find another role model or another way through um, so yeah, we're all thankful for that. I did. I've been working ever since, or, or doing something crazy like this. And I think I've had six month holiday, and I tried to work during it once. Um, so yeah, it's always been. You know, <laughs> go, go, go. I, I hate stopping. I get two days off, and like, nah. So tell me about some of these jobs that you've done. They sound pretty interesting. Like, yeah. like there's always a story about how people fall into actually doing this job. Like it's mm. usually a bit more elaborate or a bit more interesting than yeah. I applied and I got it. Yeah. Um, well, f- right from the start, there's two first jobs, the geologist one and then veterinary assistant one. Um, they were family friends and they just heard that I was looking and they're like, oh, here you go, cash job because I wasn't 16 and they're like, oh, let's give you some, give you some money. Yeah. And... It was interesting, you know, and I, it was cool figuring out that I didn't want to do it, but it's, it's still an insight to how buildings were set up and I could be a part of that, which was kind of crazy. And now thinking that I ticked boxes and put down numbers to say if someone's house could be built or, you know, <laughs> I, I helped these animals you know, get better or yeah. you know, whatever. It is funny when you think like something so, I guess, for lack of a better term, mundane at the yeah. time actually turned out to oh, matter in a big I, way. I could have ticked a box wrong because I'm shouting out, sorry, you can't have that house. Uh, as a 14-year-old kid or whatever, that's not, um, yeah, that's pretty crazy to think. Yeah. Um, and then I've, I've been into riding horses and into the farm life since I was 11. So my, my dad got me into that, um, which came about with me breaking my toe and couldn't play hockey, which was my favourite thing to do. Okay. So I just, this you can still do and... Uh, and I think you'd be good at it. I really enjoyed it, and it moved on to this place that our friend at the gym heard I needed a job, come work for me, um, or with with me, and I ended up uh, working with racehorses, you know, just doing the mundane cleaning, but also you know, exercising them, learning about that kind of industry. Um, and after two and a half years, I kind of got to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm not growing, um, I'm not moving forward and I'm becoming a bit more bored of this and it's not really me um, and then I kind of came into this 
uh, situation where I got glandular fever, um, which put me out for about six months you know, in, in bed. You can't get out for more than 10 minutes before you, I want to fall back, back into bed again. Yeah. That, real, that was a real kind of struggle for me being fit and healthy and wanting to get out to suddenly I get sick off anybody that I walk past. And, um, and then a lot of time to think. I was like, what, what's next? What do I want to do? Um, and I had a couple of thoughts. One was um, the police, um, but that didn't work out because I had an incident when I was younger with, with drugs and alcohol that weren't mine, but I got, I got blamed for them. And so that was on my police record. record. Yeah, mm. that was, I can apply later in life, but you know, that stopped that. And so I, I quite enjoy music, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll go study in music uni. And I applied for that, and it was about 10 days out from uni. And my mum, mum's no best, she came over and said, why don't you apply for this outdoor education program? I think you'd really enjoy it. I'm like, oh, fine, mum, shut up, I'll apply. And if I get on, I'll do it, because 10 days, like, no way. That's not going to happen. Three days later, we get this letter saying, all these people have dropped out, there's a space for you. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Okay, opposite direction. Instead of moving north to Auckland and south to the mountain, uh, and I, I fell down in love. Where did you head to, like down Christchurch uh, or? To, um, Tirangi. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, so I lived there for a couple of years. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> moving with that kind of, diff- just totally different community. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a different world, eh? Yeah, different world and, you know, very uh, unsure of, of me as a person, I think, at the start. I didn't know why I was there and they just saw me. You mean yourself me. or the people, the community they weren't sure why you were there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they're very, I don't want to say like exclusive, but they, they yeah. keep to themselves. And they know but, who's who. Yeah. But once, the, it was really cool because that kind of. That's no um, disrespect to it on you if you're listening. No, I just love people. Yeah, yeah. Man, is awesome. Man, that place is, I learned a lot and people are lovely once I got to know them. Mm. And how I got to know them was we worked with the local schools through the program. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing these kids on the street, saying hi, playing sport with them, going down the river and just hanging out. Um, not to say that I was the role model, but like, oh man, they had respect for, for me. And then all of a sudden, all the older generation are seeing that and they thought, oh, he's not just another person. Coming he's, through. Yeah, he's an actual person that we can respect and he's helping our whanau and you know, the, the kids and... TF the kids trust them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, that kind of led me into actually going to lunches and going to these kind of community things over there, which is really cool. Um, I did that for two years, got my diploma, and even before I left, there was... I had this job down south as a sea kayak guide. And I, I'd really enjoyed sea kayaking on my programs. This, the fact that we could start one location and another and, and see this environment where I could fish, I could talk with mates, I could take it in all at the same time, you know, it's not just um, Sounds one cool, track. sounds yeah, intriguing. Man. Sounds like you'd be the guy that everyone wanted to come visit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I doubt, I doubt. Um, and so I applied for this job um, and it was just a phone interview. Um, said, yep, sweet, yep, lots of little questions. Sweet, we'll get back to you. It obviously worked out. Drove down, not not knowing kind of where this will go, and it just kind of pushed me in a direction of adventure, uh, which is really awesome because the, the whole premise of Fiordland, which is where it was, Milford and that sound is extreme. You know, mm. The weather is extreme, the landscape's extreme. Everything was like you're you're guiding, 
but it's extreme. I mean, they could get hurt and you have to be on top of your game. So that was really awesome for me, thinking it's not just mundane. It's like I've got to be on top of my game every single day and it could change in an instant, which is really exciting. I love that kind of... Yeah, it I sounds like you're someone who really enjoys challenging themselves yeah. and getting out of your comfort zone. Oh, is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, it's been key ever since I was little. I mean, you know, the climbing the trees going playing with wildlife I had no idea I should be playing with or not but t- picking up lizards in Australia to all sorts you know, yeah. it could be anything I'd always try and find the limit and the parents always had to try and keep me away from <laughs> all sorts of dangers but, yeah. Um, yeah and then once I kind of had free time down there I'd push myself with whitewater kayaking down rivers or kind of solo trips down the coast um, doing things that you know, not a average person would do mm-hmm. again was exciting to me like man I know people have done it but not many not everyone does it yeah not everyone and not by themselves um, and I've really that's where I've found a real um, knowledge of what I enjoy being by myself um, it's I enjoy people I'm a real people person I love communicating I love parties and talking and mm-hmm. being the centre of attention <laughs> um, jokes and but I also enjoy the time to only think about what's in my mind. You know, no music, no, like I don't go to the gym with music, I don't kite with music. I, I'm real into, in the moment, find out what's hard and how do I get through it. And that's where I, I found it. And I worked with a, a lady called Tara Malvani and she's done New Zealand before. She's kiked around the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And, and she told me the kind of these little snippets of the stories and you know what's what what I saw and what she's we've been through and I was like man that sounds like a bit of me like the just the epicness that she was explaining and how she would never do it again and I was like oh man something you would never do again that's something that's really worth doing once yeah if you'd never do it again yeah worth doing once um and so that kind of ignited my my thought process how long ago was this that was 2016. Okay. Um, and so I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. Um, moving on to the 2017 section, so that's 2018, it was my second season back there. And it was, it was still a thought, but obviously uh, it was um, a long-term goal. I was still working, still had no money, still had a few other things to, to figure out about what I wanted to, to do. Um, and to get more skills, you know, I, I, even though I'm all about adventure, I'm also about what does it actually take and being as ready for the... Un, you know, I can't prepare myself completely, but mm. I want to be able to handle the waves and handle some swell and what does wind feel like and just things like that. So that was the second season and it was really good for me. We did two-day and three-day trips with these people out in the, the far reaches of the... The sounds and that was for see the to see the extreme again, um, and then I'd finished that. Two thousand eighteen kind of section came along. I'd done my season. What do I do now? Um, Why well, might kayak the North Island? It was just my next thought. This is kind of huh, why not now? <laughs> why not now? Um, it was winter at that point though, so I couldn't couldn't start. And so I was looking for, for work and my flatmate and my old study mate gave me this 
um, connection to Adventure Specialties Trust, which is who I work with now, and I will go back to work with them. And they're an outdoor education provider and adventure therapy um, group. They're based in Auckland and Christchurch, and we we do all sorts. We work with school groups. We work with alcohol and drug rehab. We work with corrections facilities. We work with just broad range I've people. never heard the term before adventure therapy yeah. that's effort yeah, uh, and elaborate neither, on how it works neither, neither had I yeah. <laughs> um, and so this this almost tie into my answer you know, about one of your questions that you're going to ask me mm. um, so adventure therapy is the act of taking someone out of their situation at home or situation of life um, and teaching them some skills on how to deal with the struggles through the medium of adventure and the unknown that's so cool bro yeah. that's so fucking cool like it's I've never thought that like because so I'll give you I'll put into context and kind of the epiphany that I'm having mm-hmm. like I'm a big dude yeah. and, and not a lot of people would think that I get into like I, do, I love a hike you know mm-hmm. but I won't lie bro like I battle every fucking time it happens like sometimes <laughs> I'm like why on earth do I do this but I know like Okay, I'm gonna have a day of pain mm. afterwards, probably if it's depending on how hard the hike was. And mm. then the day after that, I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna have so many epiphanies. I'm gonna mm. think of those dark times where I was about to give up. Yeah. So I went for a walk the other day. I, went, I can't really say where because it's on private land. Nah. And but they got no weird permission to be <laughs> there. But but the reason why I don't want to say it is because everyone want to know where it is oh, and they all yeah. want to go up. So no, so mm-hmm. no, I had permission to be there. So um, we were on it. And honestly, man, like I was like at that point where I was with three other friends and I was like, go on without me. <laughs> like go. <laughs> like I am not. Like yeah. I am so. But like and it was a, it was just a shit setup. Like it was nothing to do with the walk. So I I quite often fast. So I'll I'll fast like once or twice a month. <laughs> This the, the decision to go on this walk was kind of last minute mm-hmm. and the day before I had fasted and I hadn't had breakfast either so I fasted no. and gone into like a big ass hike I'd also gone to the gym the night before and done a heavy leg session so my legs weren't as strong as they should be it was just a shit setup. Yeah. it was such a shit setup. Yeah. but like <laughs> the, like I've never thought of it before as being therapy mm. that's why I'm having an absolute yeah. mind blast at what you're saying because that's what it was for me because yeah. like Oh, like, like I said I was really like just go go without me save yourselves like, you know being dramatic in my head about it but now like man I'm so pumped that I did that walk because I learned X Y I learned that how I learned how um, resilient I actually am yeah um, how like you gotta go to those dark places to appreciate the light places I know that's corny as fuck but it's true I was true. gonna say the same thing yeah it was, we have a thing called caving you know you go underground and explore and that's a big that's a classic one that we say you know we're in these dark places, but what gets you out is everybody else there. They have their lights, and they can show you that. Mm. Um, or yourself, you might have your own light, and you can find your way out of the tunnel eventually. When you get out, how much better it is, is when you do get out. Um, but yeah, it, it can be great epiphanies. You know, sometimes people are in tears after these things, or it could just be like, oh, that was actually really nice just to experience something with friends. Or success for some kids is cooking porridge. They've never had that before. They've never experienced the success of cooking porridge and, and hearing, good job. So let's, let's paint the picture for someone listening. I kind of want to dive into like ha- mm. how it works. So, so say I'm the person who's going on the adventure, you're the guide. Yep. I rock up on the day. Mm. What happens? Um, well, it depends on, okay. on, on a lot of things. Yep. So, I mean, if you're just... We do like work with, let's say, if it's just a school group that's doing a leadership program... Um, but it's it's kind of based around learning about yourself. Um, 
then it's a, it's a lot different mm -hmm. depending on the group size. But let's say like a, a standard day is we just want to create a connection. So it'd be starting with the names, it's starting with, with questions that they wouldn't usually get asked um, just to make them think and make them feel comfortable. And it could be stupid questions, you know, like what's your, if you were a fruit to explain your personality, you know, if they're younger kids, they for whatever reason they love talking about that kind of stuff. Mm. Or if they're... Well, it's visual and colourful. Yeah, yeah. So that's or, funny, they? Or, or some kids, you've got to be cooler. And, you know, you don't kind of do that kind of stuff. You're like, you, know, you, just, you could say anything just to try and get them out of their comfort zone and realise that we're all humans. I think that's a, a real key and that understanding that, you know, we're all, we all go through struggles and we can all just talk. It's a really slow process, you know, often. Um, and that's why I really enjoy it. Like, we have, uh, we call it PK, 17 days adventure kind of set up. And then they also do 14 months in total of going back to leadership kind of stuff with their... Um, advisors and talking but through that 17 days it starts you know really shy you know, I don't want to do this or I don't trust and just step by step you introduced ways of living with each other you know, who cooks for who who cleans up you know, if someone's lacking fix the whole do? team yeah, yeah it's it's not just them you don't blame that one person and we're we as a team are failing we've got to pick them up and even if we have to move slower as a team we're still going to get there faster than leaving him behind and waiting for him to catch up. Um, and then we can all succeed together and suddenly have a shared experience. And, and it's different every single time. Some kids, outgoing, they, they love that kind of stuff and it's easy to connect with them and they just, it's fine. Mm. And they, they, they take leadership themselves really quickly. And other times, after day 16, they still struggle to, to talk with you. Some of them you know, don't want to eat in front of each other or they don't want to be, you know, it's, it is what it is. And that, that's the exciting thing about well, the, the job. Like, oh, you've got to be ready to think 17 days is not a long time. If I don't provide, you know, if I don't give them that uh, kind of board to be the best student ever in 17 days, you're not a failure. You know, you, you've just added a bit, even just the smallest chunk of that. Yeah, porridge, or it could be I can pack my own bag, or I can get up on time for school now because I've yeah. had a. That is success. Mm. That's that small little cube of, of. of One of, thing I always talk about, and it kind of ties in, like like people kind of think in extremes, don't they? Mm. It's like yeah. you're either you either ace the test or you fail it. Yeah. There's like like you're saying, there's like little butts and little wins and stuff that you're still taking away from it. Mm. Like the oh, one yeah. that I always stump people with, like it's a, a, to be honest, like saying it loud, it's probably a bit of an asshole thing, but I kind of think that <laughs> I, I test people a little bit where they'll say, um, you know, people quite ask like, oh, you look cold or mm. you look hot. But it's just like, well, why the extremes? Like, no, nah, like I'm in the middle leaning towards warm, so I'll always mess with them. Like, mm. oh, you look cold? Like, no, I'm all right. And they're like, oh, you're hot. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm all right. Like, trying to try force them to find something in between. Yeah. But, yeah, like what you're saying, totally. like it relates to the extremes, you know, like people think, well, I didn't hit this expectation that I had, so it's obviously a fail. Mm. It's like, no, nah, man, you're like, you learned to do something you couldn't do before, which maybe yeah. cook the porridge at maybe, I don't know if you guys add sale or what, but. It's, it's not the destination, it's the journey, you know, classic mm. corny quotes. It's those small things that you have along the way. It doesn't matter where you get to, you know. It's it's what happens along the way because you know, we, we all, you know, we all die. You know, that destination is going to be the same eventually. What are we going to fit in between, and what are we going to learn 
each day and take those small successes. And I find that a lot of time on the water, you know. It's, some days I've got, I don't know, five kilometres, you know, like, and that's it. And thinking, God, you know, nowhere near success, but still five kilometres closer than I was before. Um, you just got to take the small stuff. Oh, I didn't get as wet this time when I landed, you know, it's just... Yeah, yeah, it's one of the little victories yeah, there. Yeah, well, I did get wet, but at least I made it to land, you know, that, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with the journey so far, I guess, yeah, well, I suppose let's let's touch on that a bit. Like, what are you up to at the moment? What's going on? How did yeah. this all come about? So obviously, for those who haven't picked up on it, you've mentioned how, like, you spoke to someone who mentioned kayaking the North Island. Yeah. This appealed to you in the sense of the challenge mm-hmm. and the uh, probably, like... I don't mean ego in a bad way, but like a bit of, oh, not many people have found this before, so I can put myself mm -hmm. on that plaque, you know? Ego is definitely, uh, I think, a part of normal human style. For sure. Can I? Um, It's whether you can control it or not. Yeah, and and when you talk to people about it, you're like, I did the North Island, you know, you you suck. Um, (laughs) Do you know that more people have been to the moon? Which is a true fact, but you don't just go around saying that to everybody you meet on the beach Mm. to to try and get them to give you a free meal or whatever they just if they ask they ask and so what are some of the core reasons behind why you're doing it what you've, what you've put cool. going on um so obviously so the challenge yourself obviously you the challenge and before i started planning my my dad brought this to my attention because i've been away for home and family friends for a long time and we just had traveling yeah traveling yeah. working you know, right down the bottom where my family are in auckland so didn't have too much contact, classic me. Um, and my dad was like, oh, have you heard about Kent? One of our real good family friends and I've had some interactions with him quite a bit and he's taught my brother football and he's just a genuine guy. And he brought into my knowledge that he was actually really, really sick. He's two kids um, and he didn't have long to live. Why don't you do this mission that you're gonna do anyway and try and raise a bit of funds for him and I thought pretty much instantly I was like oh yeah that sounds like a really good plan if he's my, my thought process for that was he was giving back to my family by teaching my brother football and being a friend especially to my mum and it's like well heck yeah I'm sure I'll, I'll do that um, and that kind of led into my planning how do I approach different companies without just you know begging saying this is not just for me, this is for someone else, and how do I go about raising money um, and tying that in with mission to challenge myself, but also mission to raise a bit of money, and which one is priority and which one is, is what. And I think it's kind of evolved into, um, it, it's, it's a mission for me and I want to succeed, and as much money as I can raise is a, is a good thing, but don't get too caught up if someone doesn't want to donate you know yep. it's, it's it's their choice and i found a lot of people are more interested in the actual adventure because they can be part of that a lot closer and they can see that success how so um well I just, a classic example um pulled up onto this beach near rotoria east cape uh, 
But it's cowboy country there, bro. Yeah. Wild so, so I'm from I'm from that side. So I, I'm, born, I'm born and bred here, mm. but I'm from a place uh, on the east coast called Takaha. So mm. you might have come across like Waiho Bay and stuff like that. They yeah. may be on the way around. But, Wait, yeah, went uh, straight past it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm from up there. Oh, true. But, yeah. So I know like, yeah, but I, that's cowboy country but, there, bro. Like legit, still on horses. Yeah. So I pull, I pull up, <laughs> um, and it's. It's getting late, because I got on the water about four o'clock that afternoon, and I did about 15k in five hours. It was a really just tough day. Pull up, go to sleep, I wake up, almost get run over by wild horses, and they just run past me, holy crap. And now it's just like 30 knots, which is about 60 kilometer winds, blowing the opposite direction that I need to go. I'm just chilling out, and about 11 o'clock, they've obviously seen me from the ridge, two locals, and they just walk down, and like, and they see me kind of lying on the beach, you know, maybe dead, maybe not, who knows. Like, hey, you all good, bro? Like, do you want a, want a tea or coffee? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just, that'd be awesome. Like, what are you doing? Because random kayaker just turns up, blaring conditions, like, obviously. Especially there, beach. too. Like, you know, it's, you talked about Turangi being, like, a tight-knit community and stuff. Yeah. They, like, be like, hey, and, who's this stranger that's yeah, rocked they, up they, they all beach. know everybody or they're related to each other in some, some way or form. And they're like, once they heard that, they're like, oh, well, okay, do you want to come for a meal and stay the night? It just suddenly developed into this kind of thing and you know, what, what are you doing? And we'd want to help you succeed in your journey. And I ended up staying with these guys for two days. They took me into town. They, they just kind of gave me all this help just because I was doing this trip. Then they didn't know who I was or, you know, they just like, heard about it. That's really cool. You know, help. And that's been... A, a lot of beaches. Um, I pulled up on Waitaveri, same thing. This young couple were like, just came over for a chat because I pulled up on a beach in a kite on the west coast. Oh, do you want to come for the same thing? Do you want to come for a meal and a shower? And, or maybe it's, I'm just kayaking along and crayfish boats sometimes pull up. Do you want to fish? Or do you want oh, yeah. And just have a yarn. Do you want a beer? Now it's 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to keep going. Just, just stuff like that. It's, that's been really awesome. Yeah. So they really, a lot of them are real interested in helping me succeed in my journey. And, and, and some of them who even said, like, oh, yeah, we don't have any money to donate to this cause. And, and we also feel more connected to you doing this journey. So we'll, we want to help you out, um, which, is, which is fine. And I think that's really awesome to, to see that um, Kiwi generosity and that Kiwi love for adventure that I hear so much about all the time but I've never fully experienced it like I have now and also the generosity towards my family friend he actually passed away just before I left for the trip mm. which was real real guttering um, to not be able to finish it and have him see what I've done but this is the way it is and uh, yeah generous, generosity to, to him you know, people donating their own money that they've worked for to this Cause for the two kids, you know. So, was he sick? Was that what yeah, did he have going on? Is it, Von, I think it's Von Hebel syndrome, and basically, it's tumors that develop into cancerous, um, and they were all through his body, and they oh. caught it too late. And his, and his son had the same thing, it's like a genetic, but because they caught it so early, because his dad obviously got sick, oh, we need to test you, they can, it's, it's fine, oh, which is. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but by the time they found it, he, he was he was already screwed. He, just, mm. he knew that he only had so many. He can only delay it so long. I may as well try and tick so many boxes with my kids. And 
Which, yeah, which is what you would do, right? You'd For sure. <laughs> Um, Make the most of it, which yeah. we should be doing anyway. Exactly. But when people think that time is of the essence and we've got forever, it's comfortable. Yeah, people no slack. Need, I no mean, I, I, and that's not coming from high horse at all. Like I fucking do it. I, I kind of will have days where I'm just like, no, I just cannot be fucked today, so mm-hmm. I chill out. Yeah. And then, like you know, I mentioned before we turned the mic on. Like our our community's going through a bit of a bereavement at the moment and it's definitely been so this the big yeah. thing that I've been battling with and I know we've just met this might be a bit of an overshare but I feel like uh-huh. you're, you're a comfortable yeah, no. guy you're open um, so this lady who's passed away one of the things that keeps replaying in my head I don't want to say it's a regret but it's definitely left its mark is like so she works with my girlfriend mm-hmm. and we had communicated via like Instagram and Messenger and stuff on the podcast. She was an avid listener. Hey, I listened to this one. I got this from it. This is cool. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh, you should look into this. What about this topic? And we'd always be generating conversation. Mm. The one time I seen her, um, she was she was a hairdresser, so she was like doing someone's hair. So she was busy. She had shit all in her hands and stuff. And I had a handful of food because I was dropping in lunch to the girls just because I was going past and I knew they hadn't mm. eaten because hairdressers are bonkers. They, yeah, just work, 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 work. So I thought I'd drop off some food. So I had a handful of food and she had a hand. We looked at each other and like I desperately wanted to hug her because like mm. I'd never seen her before. But I didn't because of my duties at the time so to speak and her as well and she kept on saying to my girlfriend oh when he came in I really wanted to hug him mm. and I kept on saying to her oh man like the one time we got to hug her and just things never synced up we never got to see each other again and now she's gone and mm. it's not it's not necessarily a her thing it's just a man I can't believe I prioritised holding these fucking stupid boxes and giving someone somebody. a hug yeah mm. and it's been such a huge yeah. a huge yeah. lesson man it's been pretty powerful mm. but so with the with the research, uh, sorry, with the money, is it towards research? Is it for his family? It's for the two kids. Okay. Uh, and they're not the the I think one of them sixteen, one of them's almost eighteen. So they're not the youngest. But when I was that age, I remember having my dad always giving me advice on insurance, giving me advice on what foods to eat, what you know, where to go and do this, where to go and do that. And I was never one to ask too much. You know, for, for food money, I've been working. It wasn't me as a person, but if I needed it, he'd be like, I'm going to buy you dinner or mm. I'm going to give you some groceries if I needed it. And them living without that security, without just having a dad, you know, someone that you can talk to and experience stuff with. It just, I couldn't imagine living without a dad and at least giving them some money to buy some groceries for the week as they try and go through other studying or work and that's big that's something that you know that dad would be doing so I thought I'll I'll try and replace I mean I can't replace a dad no way but I can at least give him a little bit of help to live a little bit more comfortably until they set up some sort of proper job where they can earn lots of money or they've found out that they're studying what they want and etc etc yeah just to help Um, just just to help I'm not looking to I mean if everybody wants to donate a thousand dollars and sweet, you know, I'll buy them a house. If that was yeah, if people donated that much, but my idea is yeah, I just want to help as much as I can without asking for the world, you know, just give what you want. You know, it could yep. be ten dollars, it could be could be twenty, it could be more. Just whatever you want to give, they'll be able to buy some milk and bread with that. So that's that's what the money's going towards and cool. You know, let's say all of a sudden you know, I meet lots of you know, well-off people and I 
if I reach the fifty thousand dollar goal, let's say for magical reason I did, then the money would go to research in, in cancer awareness. But right now my main kind of focus is after the kids. Yeah. Um, but as I you know walk around talking about it, that is my kind of awareness um, for people like you don't know your your kid could have it. Get in, if there's a mole, go get it checked. You know, if you if you're feeling off, go get checked. You know, what's there isn't a a negative to go and getting checked. Yeah. New, New Zealand being you know the UV rays and everybody's outside and was shocking for not putting sunscreen on or wearing hats or even just yeah. for like you know going to get checked and asking for advice like it's People a very like she'll be right sort they, of they hate I mean I don't know whether it's just a now like it's blind optimism mm. or if it's actual fear that someone might be something might actually be wrong I think it's a bit of both yeah I don't I, know because what if it, what if it does happen if it does happen hopefully you catch it early mm. what if you were five years a year six months too late we can't operate on your brain you're going to die or you're, you know, you're, if you're a dad and your kid, you know, is, is that getting checked? Yeah. It's not, um, not a horrible. I don't know case. what changed with me. Like I definitely was like a staunch dude. that's like, man, I'm going to the fucking doctor. Mm. But I don't know. I've like got no qualms with going now. I don't know what's changed. And I, I used to have a real, I don't know if I want to say stigma, but just mm. have you real attitude towards it. Like, nah, mm. I don't need that. And I wasn't, I don't think it was like, an nah, I'm too tough for that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know, but it's it definitely changed. It wouldn't happen changed. to me. But it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to know back in the day what you were thinking. It's just, but I, I, for me, finding out that people have passed away, you know, people close to me and, and seeing that kind of stuff happen, um, actually in my life, because I've seen it on TV, you see it on sad news stories, blah, blah. Oh yeah, it sucks. Whatever, and they'll, they'll tell you to get checked. You're like, oh, oh yeah. But seeing your friends, and my family members, get killed by this kind of horrible disease, especially when they could be cured of it if they catch it early. So, well, why wouldn't I? I shouldn't be worried about having cancer if I can get it cut out. It's the whole fearing fear itself thing yeah. happening, kind of a. Eh? Nobody like, and it's. I think it's a big society thing where everything has to be good, and has to be nice. Instagram is a classic. I, mean, I love Instagram. I post real good photos too, rather than shit ones a lot. But a lot of it's, can't nothing can be wrong. Mm. It has to be right. It has to be okay. Because um, if it's not, oh, I'm not. Yeah. Whereas life's not like that. Life no. is full of crap and. It's a roller coaster, you know. It's up mm. and down. It's not a train that's uh, just flat. Yeah. It's, nah. uh, and the track could come off at any time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know. You just got to be. You got to be on top of it, and, and that's one of the things that I want people to be aware of as, as Kiwis, and I think especially males. Mm. I find a lot of my friends and a lot of well, me especially when I was younger, and even though I'm not a, an old person yet, I'm still um, young. But it's this real male thing to think. Nah. She's good. Carry on doing my thing. I don't need to wear sunscreen. Don't need to wear a hat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're definitely kind of. I don't know where that barriers come from. I think it is breaking down. You know, with the more and more people kind of. Going well, there's the two arguments, isn't it? Like mm. I find anyway. There's like we need to talk about it to normalise it, but then other people think, well, no, normalising it makes it popular, or mm. and so yeah. it kind of increases. Like, there's that battle at the moment between the two kind of beliefs. Mm. Um, you know, you see it now in a lot of music. A lot of music 
they, they talk about shit openly, which the kids hear, and then kids kind of wouldn't have thought about it, but now they've heard it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It is kind of heading that way, and it's mm. yeah. All these we're in a weird place at the moment where, yeah, like people are like, so we haven't been talking about it, and then now the question is, are we talking about it too much now? Like we need to find that balance, mm. but I don't. And a, and a healthy conversation too, not just because I think sadness is you know it's a great emotion, but you need to understand it. Mm. It's not. Being sad is great, as such. Like it's not, yes, I'm sad and that's cool and I should be depressed about everything. Everything sucks. Oh, it's sunny. I wish it wasn't sunny. Yeah. But just, but a lot of music is kind of like portraying that. It's what I'm like. You should be like that too. Oh uh, yeah, and it shouldn't be. It should be sadness should amplify the happiness that was when someone dies, and that's that's when sadness should come into play. Mm. We should be teaching kids. It's okay to be sad. It's like but, a fine line between like, it's like acknowledgement is what we mm, want, right? Yeah. Well, in my view, yeah, acknowledgement yeah. is what we want. Suppression is definitely what we don't want. No. And suppression is probably what's been happening, yeah. but it's almost like there's a bit of glorification happening. Yeah, that's so a good word. Yeah. Acknowledging it is great, but glorifying it is probably not, a, a, not, <laughs> not very healthy. No. And that's probably what we've seen a lot happen. Mm. One big thing that it seems like a common thing, both throughout, um, not only like your trip on the kayak, but you know, your stuff with the, um, I love the word adventure therapy. I'm going to be saying yeah. that a lot. But with that, and, and even, um, seems like just use a person, like, uh, and we just talked about Instagram too. Is, is connection mm. connection seems to be a big theme to a lot of the things you think about and we spoke about Instagram where there's avenues for disconnection mm-hmm. I'm not bagging out social media no, I, no, use, I it use it all too. the time yeah 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 so like talk a bit about that do you think there's like some interesting things happening in the world in regards to connection like mm. there's some loss and gain or yeah I think it's it's a lot harder also a lot easier I suppose is the best way to put it a lot easier to not be real and not to be speaking from the heart because you can receive a message on Instagram or Facebook and you can think about it and ponder it for a couple of days and then give your answer. And I think that's kind of... Whereas like this? Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> and people can't read too much out of a Facebook message. You know, they don't know if... You could be writing, ha-ha... And you could be dead cold. Stone, oh, I fucking you know? do it. Like, yeah. like, cause I generally think something's funny. I want the person who sent me the message to know that I find it funny. So I'll write LOL or I'll write haha. But if you're sitting next yeah. to me, I'm not cracking up. I'm not no. laughing out loud. No, no. But it's like yeah. uh, I want you to know that I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I just want to give yeah. you that props. But, yeah, I think. But I do feel like a bit of a dickhead. Like it does feel weird and almost mm-hmm. fake that like I'm writing haha, but I'm not haha. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's a connection lost and a lot of that kind of stuff and I think that's also different people struggle with it more I think and like and for me it's a big struggle doing that kind of messaging stuff I'm really a person that loves to gain a lot from their facial expressions and my whole movements dramatised and that's how I communicate well and I mean it's a matter of it's like matter of factual as well like communication is I mean I can't remember the exact numbers but you know communication is 70% body language 20% Mm. tone 10% actual words so when you go back to what you're saying about the words and the messages and and the texting they're just getting that 10% they're missing 90% of the actual yeah yeah (laughs) and they're missing the shit that matters and so that's why so many things are Mm. misconceded and I mean and look and 
you know, whether you're extroverted or introverted, I don't care. Like, we are our best storytellers. Mm. So if we go back to Instagram, you see a photo, you start, instead of like, you might put the photo up like, this is a cool photo, this is a nice place. Start and end. The person looking at it might go, oh, that person's life's way better than mine because they're in these cool gonna, places. Say, yeah. So, like, the stories that yeah. we create in our heads is just fucking yeah. bonkers. And, yeah, and, you, and no disrespect to people that have commented about me going through this journey and you're living the best life, you know, that's such a cool adventure. And, yeah, yeah, it is, and I'm living a cool life, but this picture, you know, isn't... Yeah. Amplified, but you know, doesn't summarize the whole. Yeah, summarize thing. The, what I've been through to get to that beach. It doesn't summarize the waking up at four in the morning, and, and no matter what words I put in the caption just to explain it, they always look at the photo first. You know, the real visual. Oh, that's a cool, cool picture. So I mean, I'm trying to think about ways that I can show cool things and beautiful that they'll interact with, but also it's actually tough. Mm. Uh, and it can be quite hard to, to, to do that but yeah, I might have to help you out with that we'll talk more about that when yeah, the white yeah. turns off yeah um, but yeah I, I think a lot of people see you know, that connection they'll, yeah, they'll see their favourite sports style they'll see their you know, favourite model and it's always really really nice everything's the shading's perfect mm. they don't see there might be lights in the background getting the perfect light mm. They've got a professional photographer that's done this for years. His camera's fitted out with all these special gadgets that make it look nice. Yeah, they've been flown to this location. Of course, it looks bloody awesome. But yeah, that whole grass is green on the other side. Mm. Your life, you know, is, is your life. And if you choose to just watch through the eyes of somebody else and try and live through them, then your life isn't going to grow and get better. You'll just constantly think... Oh, their life is better, their life is better, my life sucks, and it'll just kind of spiral down. But you've got to live in your own own world first. And I think once once you have control of your own world and your own thoughts and your own, like, oh, I've got my life, then social media can really help um, connect, you know? Yeah, when you're using it as, like, a, a tool, not like a... I know, dare I say, coping mechanism? Yeah. Thoughts, then yeah. It's, it's bit, like, when you control it, eh, rather than letting it control you, mm. as with anything, when you're talking about any sort of addictive substance, <laughs> yeah. like that's where... Yeah. So tell us, you've mentioned, um, you know, some of the pictures can get misconceited and then kind mm. of interpreted like that it's a lot rosier than what it is. Mm. Tell me about some of the shit, bro. What's some, like, arsehole stuff that's happened or some shit uh, you didn't anticipate? Like, man, like... Um, Let's like, let's let's create a safe space for you to give us like three minutes of negativity. <laughs> oh! yeah, 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 yeah. You mentioned um, off air before before we swapped the mic up that you've definitely sworn at yourself oh, heaps and like cursed the yeah, heavens and all sorts. So, so walk us through some of that. Well, Take I'm, us through. I'll go for the most recent one. Cause yep. first, that's the freshest in my memory, and it, it was um, near Waipipi, so not, not too far down, um, and I, I pull up on the beach after just facing this sideways swell, splashing on my face, splashing on my face, wind in my face. I'm super sore from doing 70 kilometers the other day. And I'm just over it. And there's nowhere to land. I'm just like, the the amount of swear words, I probably couldn't even say on that because it would just be inside and appropriate. I was just swearing my head off saying, why am I even doing this? I'm not gonna make it. Just, this sucks. I suck. 
and I think that that's a that's probably the most shocking because most people see me as a very positive, nothing gets me down kind of person. But fuck, that got me down. Anyway, I I give up about one o'clock, and I head in, and I pull my kayak up onto this sandy bank, and I walk in about three k into into town, and my friend's going to come drop off some water, and, and he arrives about eight thirty at night. Grab my, grab my water, whatever. And then comes to walk back to my kayak and the tide has come in about 15 metres and I can't just walk along the beach to get to my kayak. So I'm thinking, shit, it's getting dark. Well, the sun is going down. I've got about an hour. I start walking down this, this track because I've got a map. And for like, thank the heavens that I had a map because we, oh, we have to wait and see if my kayak survived the night or not. Ooh. I'm walking, and I'm walking, walking, walking. Can't find a, a way just down to the beach. I end up kind of sneaking past this guy's this guy's house. I'm like, oh, I could ask him if I was going to sneak past and see them in their house. I'm like, oh, they're going to look dodgy if they see me kind of running through. And then my water bladder that I had with me burst, uh, and that doesn't you know it doesn't sound that bad, but because it was on my shoulders. My puffer jacket and my fleece pants were soaked. Oh, fuck. Which is again my only warm clothes. And, and I was just like, that. Oh, wow, it's almost too much. I was bare feet. And then I come across California thistles and blackberry in the dark. Every time I take a step, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I don't know what my kayak's doing. You know, I'm just stressing out. And eventually I, I find this old four-wheel drive track. And I look to my right and it goes all the way to where I went off the track to try and get to the beach. And I spent like two hours wandering around Blackberry and all this shit just to come back to where I could have been anyway on a safe track. <laughs> oh, man. I was cursing myself. Oh, shit. Anyway. You're I, like sweating talking about it now because yeah. it's pissing you off again. You just, just, <laughs> blood is boiling right now. Thank, the, only, the only upside to that was the moon was full. I didn't have a torch or anything, so I could just see a little bit once the moon rose. And I, I get to my kayak um, about 12 o'clock midnight, and the water's kind of lapping onto it. It's not quite high tide. If it was, I don't know if my kayak would make it or not. Something in shit, I made it. That's good. And I start dragging my kayak to a safe spot, soaked, water, and I fall into some quick quicksand to like my waist oh fuck and so these things that were like kind of you know damp are now soaking <laughs> I'm just I'm in there for about two seconds this <laughs> so yeah oh, I was just drudging through that quicksand for about an hour pulling the 70 kilo kayak and I just find this little ledge of dry sand with some blocks pull my kayak up put my roll mat out get my sleeping bag and in my wet clothes, it's the only way that they'll get some sort of dryness out. Sleep in my bag wet. And I have about three hours sleep with the water kind of crashing about two metres away from me, so you can't really sleep because it's noisy as hell. And I wake up, it's freezing cold, everything's, everything's wet, heavy dew, which may just add the insult. And then I attempt to get onto the water. Um, and before I could put my spray skid on, this wave just pfft, my kayak. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I could probably count about 15 fucks just straight after another. 
I was seriously done. Uh, I was so miserable. And then I kayak about 30k into headwind after that and pull up onto a rocky beach. And that's when I, yeah, I was, couldn't be more happy that I was on land again and, and on, I could see grass. And, but man, that put me through my paces. And it was, it was a sunny day. The beach looked quite nice once I got to it. But, and that was the photo and video that I put up. And I was like, this looks nice. But what I went through to get here is not so nice. And, or it could be lots of things. I pulled up to Mount Monganui right at the start of my trip. But I left at 7.30 at night, paddled through the dark, and I got hit by birds and fish. And blinded by my light, not sure, but you know, getting hit by these things you know, out of nowhere. Scared the crap out of me. Sharks in the water hitting by waves that I didn't seek, crossing the harbour at three in the morning, you know, dodging cruise ships and blah, blah, and then pulling up onto a beach to have a, like a small suite as dinner. Wake up two hours later to joggers walking past and thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? Um, just, just shit. Just, you know, <laughs> just shit. Just shit. Just shit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute shit. And, but the, the, the great thing about all these tragedies that happen is if you forget about it, then, you know, very quickly. And you can laugh about it after. Like, man, that was so shit. But it's funny now. I'm like, man, that's going to be the story that I'll be telling in, in a funny way. And um, you can tell people that this journey is tough, but you just got to keep moving and seeing the good stuff. Like when I woke up at Mount Monganui, I literally crawled um, into this cafe and these two people were like, you look, you look like you need a coffee. And I was like, uh. and they gave me a free coffee and a free muffin to shout them out um, on Instagram. So I did. Um, that, you now it's just like such a boost to, to survive off caffeine and muffins to, for the day. And you can see that kind of generosity that kind of gives you oh, I can do this and, and some days you get the wind behind you and you're just like come on everything's good um, yeah so it's definitely a roller coaster up and down up and down and so where did you start? Mission Bay okay I started in Mission Bay it's 20 minutes from my house so if I forget my kayak I go back and get it <laughs> um, and it's it's got the cool name Mission yep. Bay and there's ice cream and coffees or beer whatever I wanted when I get back right so you're going to finish there too I'm going to finish there too so I was like, oh, plan. I'm going to get back. When's the goal to get there? Um, I've got to at least the 17th of January. And possibly if I skip staff training, which I'll probably do. Sorry, sorry work. Um, to the 20, 25th, I think, 23rd. Um, but it all, if I finish earlier, that's, that's good. Staff training's it's great. I actually really enjoy going out with staff and um, coast down the Marae and learn lots of cool stuff. But that's when I want to finish. Um, and I, I need 10 days once I get to Cape Ring, 10 days to get back that's kind of my my mindset I've got so many days to get up and I only need 10 days to get down after doing the west coast I, I'll be so ready just to you know to go through a heavy day on the east coast is, is the west coast way more regular oh, yeah totally it just gets a day that's calm is very odd southwest like this kind of coast is really rough but it's not as exposed as the the west coast which gets a lot of the northwest and, and southwest and the west and it's just really big don't know if i should tell you but we've had a couple of orca sightings here the last mm. week <laughs> the last nice. few weeks so <laughs> <laughs> Mate, 
So yeah, get in by one of those short trip and um, but yes, it's gonna take it's just big days, so there's not many safe places to land for me. So up the west coast it's gonna be you know, seventy, eighty K sixty K days, stop, maybe the same again for three days and then wait out the bad weather, go, stop, wait, stop. Um but once I get to the East Coast, like Cape Ranga, all the way to Whangarei, there's like huts and campsites all the way. Then once I'm at Whangarei, down it's nice coves and harbours and I've got lots of friends and people want to join me for the last week kind of sort of stuff. And yeah, once I'm, once I'm there. I'm, I'm so is it funny, like, do you ever like, because man, I can, um, you tell me if I'm wrong, because obviously fuck, I've not done what you've done. But like in my head, like going out along, like going past the Rotori and shit, that would have felt like a mission at the time or no, it was pretty. Yeah. Right. But then now that you've come to the West Coast, you're like, that was fucking nothing. That was easy. <laughs> Oh shit, that was it. Like looking at those ways and oh no. And now I'm here, I'm like, oh, that's a calm day. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, like, oof, like, I was really lucky considering it was spring when I left. Very calm. I had some completely flat days. A couple of big ones, but mainly real flat. Mm. Yeah, so really lucky considering. Um, but yeah, just the places that are. I land up all so much closer together. Mm. I could I could do a five k day and still land safely. Whereas right now where I am, I've got a couple spots at fifteen and a thirty k away. Once I'm there, it's a fifty and then a sixty k kind of distance between safe landing spots. So even a ten knot, fifteen knot headwind, which is reasonably calm, would just be too much to risk it rising to twenty and thinking, oh fuck, I'm in the shit now and there's. 50 metre high wall crashing waves so it just, it's not worth kind of going out in that kind of how far up do you go? It, um, weather dependent I like to be as close as safe yeah you know, like sometimes it's a, a K offshore which is quite far and when I was going to Whanganui it's 2K off it's because there was lots, just the tide was like that and the wind was blowing me into shore so I said well I'll go out and then I'll get blown back in and and then sometimes, like along the coast to where I got to, Tangahoe, I think, um, river that I'm parked up at, um, I was quite close to the coast. Like the swell was quite small and the wind was quite big, so I was like, oh, I'm going to stick quite close. Um, so it all varied, but on the west coast, it's kind of averaging 500 to a kilometre out, just because there's random waves that roll through that are monstrous compared to the rest of them. Yeah. And scare the crap out of me. And they'll just break anywhere you know shifting sands and um, tell me about the planning phase of it like when you kind of sat down like did you have help or was it all you or um, was it this this friend this mentor it sounds mm, like you've had who's done it before as well I, I had um, a quick conversation with her when I was down south about a few things not too much and then most of the planning <laughs> um, would you recommend it was it your first question yeah, like, I would never do the north yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't do the west coast ever again um but and yeah, now you see why? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, no. Oh, that's why. So I'll do the East again. For, yeah, um, but anyway, uh, planning was mainly me going to companies and asking, do you have any free gear, discount gear? And I've got some free gear and some discounts from Kayak HQ. So shout out to those guys. I've got some discounts from Absolute Wilderness, which is like Dehive Food. There's um, these kind of people that have given me really cool support. And yeah. i got got... Um, some support from Kathmandu as well, some gear. Just that was really cool to, to 
experience. So I've just been run, running around for, I don't know, about six months while working and to try and get this gear all sorted and have I got everything? Have I thought of everything? Have I figured it out? What about water? Oh shit, no, I don't have that running out. Like right from the, the day before I left, I was running around collecting stuff like, that I just thought of. Because it's so hard to imagine being out for four months. And, yeah, yeah. You know, everything's and what did out. you get wrong? Like there's obviously been some things that you probably fucked up along the way. Um, well, right from the get-go, I think I brought too much food. Um, so it slowed you down? Or? Slowed me down. And so that was a that was a big one, and too much water at the start. And, and I say that because there were so many nice places to stop for water that I just hadn't done too much research. And, and some of them you can't. Like some of them I pulled up onto this campsite. It doesn't mention anything about water, but there's water. Oh, I just carried three liters of water for nothing. Um, so a lot of learning through misadventure through that. Um, and I'm pretty kayak fit, but I wasn't kayak fit for a 70 kilo kayak and so hard to do that because I'm not going to pack 70 kilos of gear into my kayak every single time I go out for a training session because I don't get as many training sessions as I was like you know, I'm working could be 12 days in a row and then you have some days off and the chances of those days being nice for kayaking are like it's winter time yeah <laughs> and so I think I'd if I was to do it again, training-wise and planning, I'll take a couple months before my trip to just just kayak, just pack, just prepare, have no work, and save lots to survive that section. I think to anyone that it sounds like you're gonna do it again. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's, it's, <laughs> it sounds like the way you're talking is like if I yeah, I, you never know if I'm gonna do the South Island. I don't know, but has someone done it? Yeah, I'm south, south south before. Yeah. Has everyone ever done both? Like in the same. So yeah, the person that I met, she's done. Oh, so she went around yeah. both. Mm-hmm. And Stuart and the crossings for Bo and Cook. And then I've also got contact with. She calls. We call her Red Lynn Patterson. She's giving me some info on. She's also done the whole thing in one one go. She just non stop. How long did it take her? Uh, Four hundred days. Fuck. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Power to her. All right. Um, yeah, she's gone How long has this trip taken you so far? Um, two months on the 17th. And how long have you allowed yourself for the whole thing? Like um, kind of three to four? Is that right? Yeah, I've got three and a, three and a half, four-ish. Yeah. And to do the North Island. And it's, it's a different story because when you're, you've got work to get back to, you know, there's different pressures mm. and then um, I don't have a support crew like some people have have done it with and I don't have someone else with me yeah, even that's like talking to land at this beach oh, I think we can do 5-1-K oh yeah you're right yeah we can do this mm. it's all in your own heads like different different battles but yeah I think I will do this out eventually and once I save some more money because we bank broke ads when we get back um, but yeah if anyone else you know, hears this and thinks oh, that sounds interesting maybe I'll give that a go because I've, I've thought about doing it definitely take a month at least to just kayak as many days as you can in a row, as far as you can, like from dusk to dawn, 80 k's. Just build up that. Yeah, and that you core. lose it so quick. Like I had eight days. We well, don't do that shit every day, do you? Like normally, like no. speaking. So. You open it, like the movements, you might open a door, they might be this, kind of the same. The muscles you don't use in normal life that you use in kayaking. Yep. 
and and because you lose it so fast like I was smashing the days super fit and uh, once I got to Otaki pulled in that big storm rolled through eight days off and then all of a sudden I was extremely sore by the time I even got out the surf like I was just body was like seized up what the hell yeah what he, <laughs> I thought we were done I got my body shut down so yeah it was, um, I'd probably even now I'm thinking oh, okay I'm, I can't just sit around doing relaxing stuff I've got to push ups you know every hour sit ups make sure the body's activated ready to go eat lots of food even though I don't get hungry when I don't do anything because mm. my body's used to long days and then get hungry it's like on a pattern I need to force myself to eat, force myself to work out, to be ready to hit the water when it's ready. Because at the moment, you know, it's not too bad, but it's, it's getting worse and it's supposed to be bad for another, I don't know, at least the 21st, according to the forecasts, which is a long wait. So I've got to just be pumping the workouts because I'll need to get on the water and do big days to catch up again. You know, that's, that's the, and the most frustrating thing for me is waiting and thinking, yeah, you're just sitting there calculating how much more it's adding on, every how much more work day. it's going to be. Because every day is a 30k, like I've figured it out that I was, if I do this 30k a day, and then I'll be done in that time frame. So figuratively speaking, every day, I've got to do 30 more. Yeah, adding 30, yeah. Onto the big 30, oh yeah. And it's really depressing. I got, to Otaki, <laughs> I got to Otaki, and I'd whittled it down to 22k's a day. I'm like, oh, awesome. Yeah. This is easy. I, I've got this. Suddenly, I've gone down to to about 45. No, oh, sorry. A day. To get Shoot. back to, like, on a decent time frame. And it's like, wow. Suddenly, it's changed the game. You know? Uh, it's no longer, like, yeah. It's, oh, i yeah. work. <laughs> Funny how those small things can add up, eh? Just, and it just adds up, adds up. Um, but that's again, just one that you can't just give up thinking, oh, I can't do it. It's, otherwise, you won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got to just power through no matter what you've got against you. You've got to think I can still do it. And and, I, and I'm real grateful, you know, for for work for giving me the time off and also extra. So it was supposed to be the sixth of January, and then it got delayed to the, some more stuff, and then I'll push it to the fifth and I think the thirteenth, and then. Luckily, another trip cancelled, and I'll put someone else on standby if you don't get back. And it's kind of they're willing to to spread out my time as much they're as they to can. Adapt to what you're doing. As long as they can give me. Yeah. And which is yeah, bloody awesome. Yeah, sure. Because yeah. like, some people would be like, "Nah, you've got that." And For you've sure. Got, you've got yeah, to yeah. come back. Um, and partly because I organised it before I started the job, which is if you're also going to do it, either quit your job because you're working at some random store to earn money, or Organise it beforehand. Gets more time than you think. You know, definitely go into that mindset that I could. Do, I mean, I could do it in two months if the weather was perfect every single day, but it's not going to be. No, it's New Zealand. Yeah, it's it's going to change. Top change. You could get a forecast that's fifty knots, and then suddenly nothing turns up. Or, or I had one time another shit. It's not a cool shit one. Um, <laughs> pulled up onto this beach. And it was variable 10 knots, which is pretty much as good as you can get. Now, you can get variable 5 occasionally, but that's just because someone's having fun thinking it's variable 10, variable 5, because I'm having a good day. Yeah, I was like, oh, sweet. I'm going to go to bed. It's no, no rain, no nothing on the radar. Awesome. I just pitched my tent on some sand. 
that's all there is. I put a whole lot of rocks and everything to stabilize it. I go to bed, all happy days, and then all of a sudden, about one o'clock in the morning, a thunderstorm just smacks my tent and me in the face. Like 40 knot winds, tent comes over top of me, collapses, and I'm holding it down. And I'm, the water's just like pouring into the tent as I'm holding this thing down. And it lasts about 40 minutes of me just holding this tent as everything gets soaked, soaked and eventually it calms down. That was it, just 40 minutes of just out of nowhere, no forecast, just rolls through. I get out and my, everything's covered in sand. Like it's just ripped up all the sand and it's just sprayed it all through my kayak, all through my gear. My gear is either covered in sand or it's gone blown out into the dunes even though the forecast was perfect you know and I'm just thinking classic you know how classic is that just as you're just ready for a calm night make sure you know mother nature's in control yeah yeah don't take anything for granted but we've spoken I mean I've really enjoyed our chat like you know we've spoken about connection we've spoken about you know taking Mm. things for granted the unexpected Mm. all these sorts of things I know it's a difficult question, but, you know, give us your best version of it. What's it all taught you mm. so far? Far out. And I know there's yeah, more than good. one lesson. You mm. can speak to a couple, but, like, What's what what are some things that have, like, that stand out? There must be some things that have kind of mm. consistently happened that you kind of have maybe, I don't want to say changed your values, but maybe you've, you've got mm. some new boundaries or some new things that are like, fuck, all right, this is pretty apparent now. It's happened enough during this trip. Mm. You know, what are, what's it taught you? Um... At the very start of my first kind of initialization kind of into the journey, I learned a lot that I was, I'm not, I'm not a terribly forgetful person, but I, I just get so lost in, in one thing that I'd, I could forget something else. Like I forgot my sponge on the beach, which is a very little thing. Like I, don't, I don't forget the life-saving stuff, yeah. but I forgot my sponge. Uh, and I can't sponge out my kayak. Shit, like he's got a little, little puddle. I can get most of it out with the pump, but it's still annoying. Yeah. Water. Um, and this one time I forgot to take my sunglasses and sun hat off my head, smashed into these waves, and I lost them. And then, and then oh, shit. Luckily I brought spares, but he still lost these nice sunglasses and hat. So I, I figured out that I need to take a step back sometimes and totally evaluate a situation outside of what I'm, my main goal, which is kayaking. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, sun hat, sunglasses, I oh, yeah, sponge. Uh, so I'm learning that about myself and also when I go back to work, it'll kind of play into, I've got to take in the whole situation, be, be even more aware of my surroundings. And um, I've learned that I know that I'm, I'm fit and I'm strong, but I'm not as, as strong and as fit as I might have thought I was. Like it's, uh, I was never ready for what this challenge would push me through. You know, like, oh, yeah, I'm fit, I'll do this, it's all good. <laughs> nah, it's like, it is super tough. It is relentless on your body. And it's, I've never been so sore in my life. Like, it's, it's definitely pushing me um, to the point that I didn't... Uh, I've never been an angry person or, like, a frustrating, kind of getting my head kind of person. It, like, a little bit, but not, not really. But this is, like, showing me that, yeah, I do actually get frustrated and I... I'm pushing those boundaries and finding them um, every single day, uh, which is really cool to think, wow, this is actually, it is pushing me. It's not just, oh, yeah, it was hard. 
which is a lot of what I did before. It was, like, it was hard, but I can go back to my home and it's sweet. This is, that was hard, and now I've got to pitch my tent in the middle of the night while I'm wet. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's taught me that people uh, after connection and they're, they're all humans. And like I'm, I'm pulling up onto this this place, like real Tory, like you, you look at it, most people would drive past, like, I don't know if I want to stop there, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, everybody I met there was super friendly. You know, like, I, I go to these places that have a bad rep from someone down the road, oh, I wouldn't go there. I pull up there and instantly they're like, oh, do you want a meal? It's like, holy crap, there's these places in New Zealand, people in New Zealand are, are so friendly. You get, of course you get the odd bad person, but I haven't found, I haven't found anyone. Like, they've all been super friendly, no matter their situation. They could live in just a, a like a room this size, you know, six metres by five metres, or they could live in a really nice house and they could still show me the same kindness. And that's been really eye-opening because I've lived in some, you know, I've lived in Turangi, I've lived in some other places that are what some people would regard as rough. Uh, yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... I've always been. Uh, it's not. It's not racism, but it's that whole. You know how um, white people always hang out with in that community, and they they like their own houses that way. And you see it everywhere you go. We go to places like London. It's really prolific. Like the streets with just Arabic words. Classes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like everybody's kind of split up, and and I subconsciously I felt like that too. But this is kind of breaking those barriers. That wow. It's, that means nothing. Like, like com- uncom- being uncomfortable is actually a really healthy thing to push you to being like it's. And I was like, man, I teach that to kids. Comfort zones, like your comfort and uncomfortable and stressed. And once you stretch your comfort zone, it becomes better. And like, holy crap, I've been teaching that, but I haven't been. I haven't ever been really pushing my comfort zones because physically I'm being yeah, I'm being pushed, and mentally I'm being but. But this kind of cultural push is actually even as big as well on all aspects of, of my life. Like, there is no class. I was going to ask about that, you know, like, you know, these, like you mentioned Turangi and stuff like that. I was going to ask how, like, you know, your, your interaction with, like, um, the Māori culture and stuff mm. like that, because... Um, um, you would have got some crash courses going to some of these places you know like <laughs> but, like even a lot of Māori right now listening that mm-hmm. have heard you say Turangi and Ruatoria even they will be thinking holy fuck yeah. so like you know like you know and I mean this with all due respect you know like yeah, you're yeah, a I'm small a, white boy, going, small to white these, boy yeah. going to these places <laughs> you've got an English accent yeah yeah there must be some shit you're getting savvy to yeah right? um, I, I think what helped me was in my childhood I listened to a lot of hip hop and I actually got into doing the spoken word poetry rap and being a confident kid was really key I think around these these um, communities because I could express something that they could connect to mm-hmm. you know I'd be talking to these kids oh what kind of stuff do you like oh I like hip hop oh true do you rap and then oh yeah we rap all the time yeah, yeah. and they'd, they'd do their thing get like, into battles yeah, and yeah, yeah. And they're like whoa what white boy rap <laughs> yeah. that's sick um, and so finding that like, I think that's real key for me like little connections and they respect just trying you know saying Kira rather than hello it's like oh sure that's me thanks yeah. bro like they don't expect me to say 
everything in Maori because well, it's I back can't. to what we were saying about extremes like yeah. the little efforts you make efforts. you don't have to be zero percent or a hundred percent but man mm. if we can see the increase or you know and I'm not just talking about te reo or Maori I'm talking about all like aspects. all aspects like just like the effort if we mm. can see it increasing all that is there mm-hmm. then you don't have to be full blown like no just need 100%. to make an effort yeah yeah for um, sure so that's that I've definitely had a crash course and just make an effort um and like, yes. like a genuine effort, like yeah. not not like a ticket box effort, yeah, like no, a no. genuine effort. No, and I was, I was thinking about this on the car ride, um, yesterday over here. They must get yeah. some mad reflection time because mm. you got so much time Thank together. You, uh, two, yeah. Twelve hours a day on the water, doing nothing but, <laughs> you know, paddling. You get do, a lot you, of fun. do you actually audibly talk to yourself? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and other things like, talk to him. Out, and I see a, see a seal, and I talk to that seal, man. I, and some people would if they saw me they'd think I'm a crazy person but who else am I going to talk to and it's um, but I've done that I think a lot of the time in my life like I'd be driving the tractor when I was farming and I'd just do impersonations or talk to myself and just just random stuff like that yeah yeah I love it and I think sounds like you're a bit of a performer at heart oh yeah Uh, drama queen (laughs) Um, but it's I think it helps me actually express the real emotions when I talk out loud it becomes real yeah rather than just think about it it often just floats straight through but if I speak it out loud it's, oh yeah that is happening it is real so if you you know if you speak out loud and that you're going to fail you are going to fail you know you crash like yeah, a lot of people don't realise like our, our heads are a confined space mm. so like only so much can happen in a confined space yeah and when you actually say things out loud you're letting it out to the world which I mean you could argue it's still a confined space but it's a very big confined space mm. And it just allows you to actually see it a lot more. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. just my view on it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, but, yeah, I mean, I've learned heaps. And just the whole the Maori language and, and history and culture, especially for for me, is becoming more and more important. Mm. And one for work. I think it helps with connection with those youth. And and we go to Marais and Pipihas and Mihi, like just that kind of stuff is quite cool to experience. And me being first-generation Kiwi, I think it's really important to make that small effort so then when I have kids, they already have a basis of a small effort. They'll already use those kind of little things. and then Yeah, continue the legacy, yeah, so right? Because then they improve on, like, yeah. say, if we put a number to it just for, like, analogy's sake. Mm. So, you know, if you're coming in at 50%, well, then they can at least go to 60 and then their exactly. kids 70, 80, 90 until you get to and, where you'd like to be. And I don't think anyone, I don't expect anyone to, yeah, it's, ever go fully into full TRL and just, you know, just 100% out overboard and whatever. But I do expect that I can be that board of, I am now a Kiwi and these people were here before me and they've got, you know, a, a culture that was damaged, you know, and not by me, by ancestors way, 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 way past, but I'm still going to keep it alive because that is New Zealand, that is a people and... Why wouldn't I want to at least get, learn a bit about it? Um, and it's tough. I, I find it real hard. That's one of the boundaries and things that I'm finding is... Because yeah. I'm, I'm not a language person to start with, but something that I'm not born here and don't have um, heritage here, it's, it's hard um, for me because I don't... I'm finding a connection. I haven't already got one. Yep. You know, I think a lot of people, especially in like my work, and, and, and a lot of people have already got this is my home and my family have been here for ages or mm. I, we were brought up in this area whereas me I'm like oh, I was brought up you know 
I was brought over here in a Boeing 747 and yeah yeah you know it doesn't have the same ring to it yeah. caught you in New Zealand to Waka yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have to do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah it's been real cool to to, to meet people and, and practice yeah um, cool man so like um I, I said to you before there's only really one question that I ask mm-hmm. um, on this podcast and that is there's someone re- listening right now who's going through a bit mm. um, bearing in mind you're not a mental health professional what would your advice be to someone to help them dig themselves a bit of a dark space um, there's, there's, there's a lot for me um, getting outside and challenging yourself is actually really key and your challenge doesn't have to be kayaking around the North Island it just could be <laughs> I'm going to walk up that hill you know just finding Getting out into nature, I find, is actually really, really helpful. And they've done lots of studies that certain mental issues and certain drug addictions can be helped through the adventure on the basis. So like, if meth, meth, for example, is very, like, wires you up. So skydiving, high adrenaline is a good fix for that. If you're wanting to get clean off marijuana for whatever reason, then walking to the forest and experiencing the different colours and sounds and calmness is really good so if you're struggling with that that'd be my advice and then if you're struggling with depression or not being motivated something that helped me through a lot of like dark times was you got to speak to yourself as a another individual which sounds really weird and I got this off a book that I read and it, it works mm. so I'm feeling really, really unmotivated I talk to myself hey Joel so here's the deal you're going to get out of bed and that's the deal like that, that could be where you start and then your reward is you, know, you find something that you really enjoy and you know you'll, you'll enjoy that's your reward you get to watch one episode of Netflix the next day hey Joel this is the deal you get out of bed you make yourself porridge you know like a real simple then you can do this and you, you, you speak to yourself like a like a small child like a real comforting you don't get angry at yourself you don't yeah. get mad at yourself for not being perfect because you're not so that, that definitely like made the epiphany for me is that I am an individual and I've got to treat myself like one and you've got to be gentle because you, otherwise you'll recede into yourself and you won't want to get out the dead person's been mean yeah and that was you but you can be mean to yourself shit right? yeah. yeah you can you're People the worst can be the most unkindest you are ugly you're, to them, un- yeah. you're unfit for life what are you doing and same th- if you're not feeling you know and comfortable in your own body like hey Joel actually got real beautiful eyes thanks bro mm. um, just just little things and even if you don't believe it at the start just verbally saying it will help you start to believe it I reckon and, and yeah just little steps start fine if you got a good friend hopefully small chats with them don't go full deep you know maybe at the right start because they might think oh crap they're not a mental health professional they might you re- re- get back and and they run away just little things hey man like I was feeling real down we don't need to go into details go to your mates I'm real down can we go for a walk and having that someone else to talk to keep your mind off the bad stuff for a little bit have a break and then come back to it try and defeat it you don't have let's say it's a battle like it is you don't fight 24-7 you know you retreat back have your food you refresh you recharge and then you go back in yeah. So yeah, don't just constantly fight it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, bro. And where can people find you and like follow the journey? Get a hold of you. Cool. Donate. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so Facebook is Joel's North Island 
circumnavigation. The little profile picture is the yellow kayak at the front of it, so yellow kayak that's what I'm using, it's easy for people to remember. Uh, Instagram is JT underscore, I'm uh, sorry, JT Buckley, B-U-C-K-L-E-Y underscore outdoors. Uh, and that gets the same posts as my Facebook, but if you like to use one or the other, I like um, Instagram because it's an easier to, app to use, but Facebook will notify you when I do post, unlike Instagram, so if you want to keep fully up to date. And then on Facebook and Instagram are links to my Give A Little, which is Joel's um, little Flanstick navigation again, where you can donate. Um, you can message me on there and comment or whatever and I can... Yeah, because I text you, didn't yeah, I? Like, yeah. How does that work? So that's, um, <laughs> that's a satellite um, device that I've, okay. I've set up cool. called InReach. And there's a little link, you just click it, you can track my progress um, from day one, so you just click on map and, and all, and you can see where I've been, where I've stopped. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you can send me messages, and I get those regardless of where I, where I am. I don't need cell phone reception, which is pretty cool. Do you get a lot? I get, I get a cat, and then it kind of comes through every so often, like something will come up in a conversation, come, come through. And then, yeah. Um, but most people just go through Facebook, because Facebook and... I do reply to those a bit later, but I, I don't know, people like to use that because they, they like to use it. Yep. Um, but it's still cool that if you, if you see me coming towards like your beach or whatever, rather than Facebook because I might not get it in time, you can send a message on there. I'm at this beach, here's a beer. And I, I might pull in, I might not. Just let me know or just saying, yeah, keep going. I like to hear those, com- those little comments. Um, but yeah, they're my, they're my platforms and that's how you get hold of me and I I do generally read any comment that you put and I'll try and interact with you and message you because it's cool seeing people along for the journey and keeps my mind off things when I'm I'm waiting for eight days <laughs> waiting yep. for the weather to clear sure yeah and um, yeah I guess is there any sort of final words or anything that you want to end with mm-hmm. or say before I, I let you rock and roll oh, just to anybody that's that's helped me that might have, might listen to this Thank you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It could be just a message. You could have given me food. You could have given me a wave. You don't know how much that helps me get through every single day. To the people that might be able to see me on the beach, don't be afraid to come and have a chat. Like, oh, I can't give them food. I can't give them money. Oh, just come have a chat. That's really cool. Um, message me. Um, get involved as much as you want. And, and if anybody's ever thinking about doing this kind of mission or wants to come along for a certain section um, I'm doing it solo sure but if you want to come along uh, as long as you look after yourself sure come in yeah, maybe come even in. just take in for like 10k or something 10K, like that you know, yeah, like come along your little harbour where you feel safe and I want to have a chat rather than with the seagulls yeah, it's <laughs> cool sweet yeah, heck yeah mm. Yeah, that's pretty much it, eh? Cool, bro. Like, yeah, honestly, man, like, as I said to you before, like, fuck, it's been epic chatting with you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I look forward to see how it all finishes up and, mm-hmm. and perhaps doing a part two sometime early yeah, next yeah. year to, <laughs> yeah. to see how the rest of the journey was and, yeah, and see awesome. kind of how we ended up. But mm. cool, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Awesome, awesome. bro. There it is, bonus episode for the Best Side Podcast featuring none other than Joel Buckley, a dude currently circumnavigating the North Island of Aotearoa on a kayak. We've had a couple of days here in New Plymouth as the weather 
Uh, winter custard a little bit. So for safety reasons, he pulled in and spent a couple of days here as the storm passed over. Got to catch up with his mum as well. I want to do a special shout out to the team at Shining Peak. Uh, they actually let the bro stop in for a bit of dinner and also shouted him a beer too, which I know he was pretty appreciative of. Obviously, eating dehydrated meats for as long as he has been traveling around. Uh, he's very grateful for that, Kai. Uh, so obviously, we want to shout out where you can find the bro. You can check him out on Give A Little. Uh, if you search North Island Sea Kayak, you'll see the bro pop up. Uh, also on Facebook, you can search North Island Sea Kayak again. You can obviously search... Uh, kayak circumnavigation as well uh, but north island sea kayaks probably a bit easier look for the name joel buckley you can give a little um you can donate you can also check him check out his journey you can actually message the bro too there's a number there i've been messaging him while he's been uh on the kayak with his gps uh, phone it's been pretty crack up so you can also message him and see what he's up to as well we're about to get into the season finale for 2019 so make sure you check out all of our episodes and as always Please leave a review via Instagram or maybe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you are listening to us at the moment on Facebook, if you can pop on there and leave a review as well. We're going to be running a few competitions in the new year for those reviews too, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next episode right here with the Best Side Podcast.